How we doing? FG Live, yes. Frankie Baseball in the chat. Chat's already buzzing right now. Bob Effin Costas today. That's right. <laughs> and actually, Lance Effin Lynn and Rowdy Effin Telez. Sorry, had to go there right off the jump. It's somewhat of a family show, but also we have some people on here that will be guests that will be very unfiltered. So looking forward to speaking with all three of them. And also, any message that you want to get out to the FT fam, the dedicated FT uh, fans in the chat who converse with us every day, who ask us questions, who some of which are at work and sometimes have to, you know, maybe avoid boss or just maybe put the screen behind another screen that's like a, a spreadsheet for his TPS reports. You guys have any messages you want to send out to them besides a thank you, FT fam? Keep tuning in, boys and girls and people, whatever. Wow, Keep be tuning more in. We appreciate you. No, we appreciate. <laughs> you. No, I was just thinking, the guy, the guy, uh, the TPS spreadsheet report. What was his name in the office space? He actually went to the University of Florida. I found that out last night, so that was kind of a. I was just thinking about that when you said the TPS spreadsheet report. But thanks for tuning in, and uh, let's go. Keep grinding. It's only going to get better, but today is going to be fucking epic. <laughs> there we go. Kratz, can you beat that? Can you top that? Yeah. You're going to need to come in on a Saturday. I caught you watching <laughs> FT. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, Kratz, thanks, to everyone. Yes. Who who do you think has more flair in this show? Than, I mean, Scott. But oh, he's it's got not even close. Look at all the flair he's got. Look at him. He has more chrome. He has more chrome. He has a smiley face fan on his bed back there can i give you a a quick story and then we'll start here because i I don't usually talk about my life because it's i don't think anyone cares but um (laughs) where i am i'm in mexico and i have good facial recognition and i look and i go i think that's the ceo and founder of tisa dr brett agan who's been on our show right and i had his phone number so i texted him and i was like any chance you're in mexico and he was like i am and saw him, and that is why my flare is popping today behind me. That is a Tiza fan. Tiza doing it. Scott doing it in Mexico. Scott, why? <laughs> Scott, why do all your you and your people that love the EDC? Why do they have the fans? Because I remember when you took me to the thing. They all everyone had like the stay cool, bro. Yeah, they cool. Um, some of them do it where they like flip them open and close, and they kind of go to the beat. I'm not a fan of that because I feel like you're interfering <laughs> with the person's set. Unintended. So, that's a whole nother story. That's for a different podcast or yeah. a different digital show. Try to stay so, cool. Yeah. Hey, you want intricacies? Let's charge the damn mound. And due to a heavy request from. AJ and all of his fans, we we unfortunately have to start the show again with Shohei Otani talk. <laughs> this is good, though. This is, in all seriousness, AJ, really good player perspective. I mean, sometimes I'm like, this is why we do a show like this, because you guys have signed contracts and, you know, of other people that have had random requests. So I like this. It's cool. Bob Nightingale reported that if Mark Walter, who's the controlling owner of the Dodgers, or Andrew Friedman, who controls the front office, the president of baseball operations, leaves, either of them, Shohei Otani can opt out of his contract. So, like, if something happens with Andrew Friedman in the next year or Mark Walter, whatever, right, Otani can suddenly say, I'm good, I'm done, I'm back on the free agent market, and we can play this whole song and dance again 
also, oh, and I'll, I'll add a little bit to it, I guess, more context here from Bob, is that uh, it's called a key man clause used by Joe Madden when he left the Rays in 2014, when Andrew Friedman had left the Rays in 2014. And I'll just add also, it sounds like Otani gets a suite for home games, so that's cool. Ken wrote about that. He said, player will donate to the club charity amount not to exceed 1%, also gives him a suite at Dodger Stadium for all regular and postseason games and provides interpreter. Your thoughts on these little extra goodies and what have you seen around you before from other players that tops that? I mean, he's got power now. I mean, first of all, where the hell is Andrew Friedman going to go? I would think the Dodgers are about the best job you could have in baseball. I mean, what's he going to quit for? What if he gets in trouble? And if he gets in trouble, then Shohei would probably be like, well, I don't want to follow him anyway. So I, I don't know. I mean, listen, the, the suite at home, a, lot, a million guys get that. Uh, suites, you know, interpreter. I mean, i assuming that was always part of the deal. Uh, suite on the hotel would be nice. Maybe he could get two room, two suites in the hotel. I don't know. Uh, but listen, the, the fact that he has enough power, again, to hide all this and then, you know, basically say, hey, if Andrew – it's the only player I've ever heard of that if someone in the front office leaves, he can opt out. So – Kind of cool to see players having power for once, but if he opts out, does he lose the deferred money? How does like there's some weird? I mean, if he makes if he say he's there two years and then he opts out, he makes four and then he gets two years of sixty eight. I'd like to know how that kind of structured stuff works. I'm sure he's still getting his money. My thing is, so you're telling me that this is in a contract that was negotiated by the owner and the GM. And their jobs are secure as long as his, as long as he's in LA. Like, seems like, seems like a win, win, win for all three of you. Like, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see why this is like a Shohei thing. Like, Shohei's like, oh man, I hope the GM doesn't leave. No, the GM's like, hey, as long as Shohei's here, I want to tie my coattails to this guy. It sounds like succession, doesn't it? It doesn't work completely like this in baseball, of course, but imagine if it's like you're the owner of the Dodgers and you sit in front of the board and they're like, we want you out. The board wants you out. And you're like, oh, yeah. really? You want me out? Well, Shohei Otani's gone. You know the dude that makes us $100 million a year and helped us win a World Series in 2025? He'll be gone. Sure you want me out? And they'll be like, no, we want you in. Yeah. It is great leverage. It's a good call. I didn't even think of it that way. But for Andrew as well. I mean, think about this. Andrew Friedman, whenever his contract expires, and I think he's making like $10 million a year. Obviously, what? he seems like a good dude, but... $10 million a year? That's what Theo was making. I'm pretty sure Andrew's oh in that range. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had no idea. I can look it up. I feel like it's been kind of reported out there. It's it's massive. You know Theo Epstein was making 10 a year, right? With no. the Cubs? Oh, yeah. And that means he's making 50 with the commissioner's office because they just oh, hand man. out money over there. He's, he's making some cheese over there. Okay, so let's say you're Andrew, right? Dodgers win a World Series next year, and he happens to have the contract expiring around that time. It's a tough negotiation to sit down for. Well, we just won a World Series, and if you don't meet my $18 million a year demand, Shohei Otani and his $2 million a year on that awesome deferral deal that I put together will go... Shredder. Is that a new dance? Is that like your new dance you're going to use tonight when <laughs> people are out there behind you bumping? Uh, this is awesome. Again, this is, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're pulling the rope. I like it. Oh, oh I'm pulling oh, Shohei. Oh, I'm pulling oh, Shohei with me, oh, and oh. and we're going to 
you know, maybe travel somewhere else. We're traveling down to the Bay Area because we want to prove that San Francisco is cool. Uh, wow. Uh, I mean, listen, I, again, I think this is awesome. I think it's great. I think it's it's fun that players actually, for once, player has enough power to make these kind of – because, listen, I mean, there was – I played with some pretty big guys in my career, and nobody had this kind of power to say, I want this, I want that. And, and, all, and every owner was like – Whatever you want, Mr. Shohei. Yes, sir, Mr. Otani. Whatever you want. We will do whatever you want. Just come here. So, listen, the Dodgers bow down, and, and you know, you're talking about them not being good or whatever. I mean, they have Betts signed for a long time. They have Freddie Freeman signed for a long time. They, now they have Shohei signed. This team ain't going anywhere. And, and the biggest thing is they got money, 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 money. How about the fact that most GMs sit there and they go, you know, on, on like – the rebuilding teams are like, well, this is a five-year process. Friedman just put himself in a 10-year guaranteed process because there ain't no way, if Friedman is the one that convinced him to come over, that they're going to let him go. Not saying they were going to let him go anyway. It just is a nice security blanket for him. But also, like, other teams, they know other teams negotiated these things. Like the Giants, Zaidi said, Farhan said that, that they upped their offer three times. So they were right in the ballpark. So Friedman was sitting there going, you know, they had conversations about what should be in this. And if this was a Ned Belello, or whatever his name is, like Nez Belello. Nez Belello. I had him mixed up. <laughs> I had him bass backwards. Uh, <laughs> you know, he had this in there. I don't. I don't think it's nefarious what they were doing. I don't think they were trying to do anything bad, but to me, it sounds like everybody's locked in. It's like, it's like the Braves locked in except for like $1 billion more. That's cool. I give him credit. He has leverage. And Unique. at the same time, I mean, not many players would take 2 million a year and defer the rest. I'm telling you. Yeah, if I was How making 50, if that? I was making 50 off the field, I'd be like, pay me minimum and I'll defer all of it. Okay. You think I mean, many guys would do that? I guess you're right because of the endorsement side. But th you can't do that he's with the only one. most players. He's, That's okay. the problem, yeah. But he's the only one. There's not a lot of players that can do this. Even like Scherzer and some of the bats, that are, you know, they're, yeah, they're deferring money. But they're still getting most of it up, up, up out front. It, it, maybe Soto could do this. I don't know because he's going to make enough. But even he doesn't make enough in endorsements to say if he signs a 400, you know, 10-year, 440 million, he's like, I'm going to defer 38 million of it, whatever. I'm just throwing random numbers out there clearly. Because he, I don't think that, I don't know that he would want to do that. I mean, he'd at least go, you know, 30 up front, 10 down the road, something like that. But because of Otani's money off the field, he's the only guy, again, that one, I've seen have this power, and two, that could do this. Scherzer did half. Scherzer did half. But Scherzer also had already made, you know, however much. Yeah, right, right. So, I mean, he's also. Not, I mean, half it. half of forty is still twenty, right? So he's still getting twenty a year. Oh, I can barely live off that. Latrell's pretty well. Can't feed my kids, right? But think about if he would have said, "All right, I'll I'll give the Mets. I'll take two, and I'll defer thirty-eight million." Right? No, he didn't do that. He did half and half, which is still twenty and twenty or whatever the exact something around there, right? So yeah, he's getting twenty down the road, but this he took. He's getting seventy, and he took two. And he's giving up 68 for 10 years from now. Scherzer, it's just never happened. Scherzer's half was in. I don't know what he did with the Mets, but I know his half was in the the Nats contract, the original Nats contract. It was like 30 a year. He was getting 15 when he played, 
15 now when he's not playing for the Nets. Hey, it's hard to live off 15 million, Kratz, okay? I remember when Latrell Sprewell did that whole thing, and they, like, yeah. said what he'd have to feed his kids. And it was like, he would, like his kids could only eat caviar two times a day for an entire year if he would make, you know, the money he was making. So it was, that was a good that was a good lesson in uh, careful what you say. Yeah, perspective. And by the way, Otani has his press conference. It's after our show. We appreciate that. So we get through our show. We're kind of the pregame show for it. And then we'll break it down tomorrow. So don't worry. He will be included in tomorrow's show as well. We'll get one question here from a fan in the chat before we move on. And by the way, Rowdy Telez is going to join us soon on FT. Jonah said, why is everyone blaming the Dodgers front office when they didn't trade or pick up any stars last year and the Dodgers planned for this years ago? Facts. Nobody's nobody's blaming him. I don't. At least here, I don't think there's any hate for for anything in this situation. You know, the only the only shade I think we've thrown is on other teams that really wanted them. The opportunity was out there. Free market system is not just for the players. The teams have an opportunity. Before this year, nobody had an opportunity besides some astronomical trade, which the Angels clearly were not going to do. To get Shohei Otani, you had your chance. That's that's the only shade that I'm that I'm giving out to the 29 other teams. True, and he offered this to. He said every team that talked to him, he offered him the same deal. That and apparently the Giants and the Dodgers were the only two that we know that matched it. And so, I mean, he had his choice. He chose Southern Cal where he already lives. He's already been there for a bunch of years, and he picked the Dodgers over the Giants. It was his decision. But if there's, you know, if I listen, if I'm any other team. And I'm like, oh, I can get Shohei Otani for two years. Yeah, I have to defer money. Why would you not do that? Because you worry about the $68 million later on down the road. You're going to make more than enough to cover it on the front end. So, I mean, heck, I would have – if I was any team, I know he wouldn't have gone to, like, Oakland, but I'm thinking, like, gosh, if I'm any team, I'm like, I'm trying this out. The Dodgers are also getting rewarded for being a winning organization. I mean – yeah, we've talked about this, but it still rings true. It's hard to look at many other ball clubs and say, I know I'm going to have a shot, right? You can give them shit for not winning a World Series besides in 2020. Totally fair and not winning since 1988. Besides that, that's fair. I think we've had a number of Dodgers players on since they lost that have said they need to do some reevaluating about their postseason strategy and just their roster construction. Fair. But they are getting into the playoffs every single year. Not easy to do in this sport, even for some of the bigger teams that people like to give shit to, like the Yankees. They didn't make the playoffs last year. The Red Sox are an up-and-down roller coaster. The Mets had the highest payroll in baseball. Not a consistent playoff team. The Dodgers are a consistent playoff team. That matters. Also, it's a first-class operation. We've talked about this too, right? Oh, there's new technology out there for players. Let's buy it for the whole team, right? Like they do not hesitate on the little things. They think about long-term implications for their ball club. Is that accurate? I mean, I Absolutely. feel like some teams are so cheap about the dumbest things, right? It's like you'll you'll give it a big contract, but then the owner's like, oh, I'm not going to pay for that. And it's like, well, this might help us pick up a few wins. No, I'm not interested. It's just stupid. The Dodgers don't operate like that. And they're not the only ones. But for him, it was a perfect storm. He liked being out there already. And... He just looks across an hour away and says, yeah, that that's being run way better than this. So 
I'm leaving. Scott. And many people think he was trying to go to the Dodgers the first time around, but there was no DH in the National League at the time. So it was going to prevent him from being the full-on, one-of-a-kind unicorn that he is. Scott, by the way, um, you know you probably know the answer. Maybe Kratz knows the answer to this. How much does a team make when they sell jerseys of a player? It's percentage-based because the, okay, so- the per- players get I – th- I thought it was like – 10% of all jersey sales go to the player. I mean, not to player, the players association. So yeah. Every- but, okay, because Shohei just set the all-time record, right? Rowdy was second behind uh, Shohei for the most 48 hours when they changed teams. Lionel, Lionel Messi was third, and I think uh, Ronaldo was fourth. But Shohei just blew away Lionel Messi and Rowdy Telez in all-time jersey sales in 48 hours. I mean, that matters. It's money in the Dodgers' pocket. Yeah, but that's – to me, I think that is – well, that's amazing. I never heard that that record. I think the big thing is really going to be like automatic money right away, not like residual advertising, all that stuff. Is that is that sleeve? I'm telling you, if the Yankees sold theirs for twenty five million a year, a year, Yankees are a big time product. Shohei may be a bigger time product. You're right, and that's just one though. I, I want to remind you that's just one of many things that you can sell. So let's bring on number two. Did he just sneeze, by the way? Do you want to spin the wheel? We've never done this before. Yeah? Yes. The wheel of free agency? I love Some games. dudes maybe that we haven't talked about for a bit. Oh, we're going we're going right to it. Who wants this one? Actually, let's do both. I'll get both of you to chime in. So nice and simple. Spin the wheel. It lands on Reese Hoskins. I want to know your evaluation of where you think he could end up, where some good fits. If you want to throw a dollar sign out there, could be a pillow contract kind of situation coming off the torn ACL and missing all of last season. Obviously, we have to go to our guy, boots on the ground, in Pennsylvania right now, reporting live, Eric Kratz on the former first baseman for the Phils. Your thoughts? Well, the Gigantes. He's a regular-sized person, but he's going to go play for the Giants. They're going to make they're going to make two moves, and then they're going to be like, how can we spend another $17 million for a one-year deal with a mutual option for the second year. And he's going to not have to worry about hitting balls into the, into the bay. So to me, I'm, say, I'm seeing Lamont Wade, who had a great year, a little bit more versatile. You can push him around different places. Reese Hoskins, but he needs to have in his contract that he gets an extra – $10 million for the year if they don't give him 520 at-bats. I don't think that's a performance incentive that's ever been put into a contract no, because of the whole injury happen. situation, but I do like it. It's creative. You have to play me. Also, in fairness for him, free agent, you're going to go to a place that you make sure they're going to play you every single day. So that would be the only caveat. Yep. Is he- that's why I said the extra – that's why I said that extra, the extra ten million. Yeah. You have to play me. Is, is he a splits guy? Is he a big splits platoon? No, I mean no. he's just he's a hot. You know why guy. I'm asking though? Yeah, no, he's he's big. He does he did well against lefties, but he was also you know look at the lineup that he was he was sandwiched around around Reese in that I mean around uh, Bryce in that lineup. So he's handled lefties really well, but. It's a spot that will pay him. It might even get close up to that, you know, qualifying offer. I don't think it'll get the whole way up there, but 
the Giants were, are going to need to do something when they're the last one standing without somebody to dance with. And he's a California guy, so I see it a one-year prove-it deal. How much-ish? $17.6 million. Oh, okay, because I, I got a team in mind, but I don't think they're going to pay that much, so then I'm going to probably cross them off the list. What do you have? I'll let you go first, AJ, if you want it. The, the one team I keep thinking about is the Cubs. The Cubs need to make a move, and that's the one to me that kind of – you know, we also saw Matt Chapman on the wheel. That's another one that seems like a good fit for the Cubs. Um, I don't know. The Cubs need power. Hoskins can bring power, play first. He can DH. They don't really have that guy right now, especially if Bellinger doesn't come back. So I feel like the Cubs are a good fit for Reese. I have a team, but they're not going to pay him enough, I guess. But the Cleveland Guardians need power more than any ball club. But so they're not going to pay $17.6 million. No, They will not. They'll take a league minimum. They won't league. even play, pay him seven point six million. Plus, plus, but although Josh Naylor had a great year until he got hurt, so that's true. They're, I, they're counting on him coming back and doing what he did again. Because if you look at his numbers, Josh Naylor wasn't. It, they need an outfielder, and Reese isn't going to go play in the outfield. They need someone that can play the outfield for him. Who's DH? I mean, you mix it up, but for them, you know, ideally, that's where like Solaire and these dudes. I need someone in that lineup that I can pencil in as long as they're healthy for. 30, 40 homers. Yeah, you don't have to that. pencil it in. You can pen it in for him. Yeah. Reese, you can you can put that in pen. He's going to give you 30 plus. All right, so what do we got for Matt Chapman? Where's uh, he going? I, I haven't heard same, his name much lately. I think the same team fits. I think this, the Cubs fit for him also. They need a third base, and Patrick Wisdom's not a long-term guy. Matt Chapman can play a gold glove third base, hit in the middle of the order. You know, he's probably not a three or four guy, but he'll hit five, six for you. And, and I think he's another good guy that fits with the Cubs. Uh, you know, uh, gosh, you start looking around at who needs a third baseman. There's not a lot of teams, I mean, you know, that, that can afford to pay a third baseman like Matt Chapman. And the Cubs, again, kind of fit. Can afford or will afford. Well, will af- will, will are willing to pay is what I yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. You got to be yeah. willing. Not to that they can't afford, but are willing to pay. How about a team in the division that he used to play for? I mean, play a team in the division that he used to play against. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that Urias is the is the third baseman the Mariners are going to put out there. I'm they're, they're not going to they, pay. They're already cutting payroll. They're not going to pay him. You know, they I do this payroll, all the time. But, this but is even the if they, with the cut payroll, they have an opportunity to maybe get Chapman and improve the defense, which ultimately will improve that pitching staff, which is already elite. So if they're not going to go out there and spend on the high dollar guys, I think Chapman's going to be, you know, on that, what I would consider, you know, the a little bit below mid tier of these free agents and you're getting a consistent product. Is it, to me, it's a Mariners move. I get it. They're not going to spend. That's an argument, but they're going to have to spend on somebody. I think it's a Mariners move, a guy that, Teams are going to say, ah, you know, we don't know if he's going to hit. What is it, April or is it May through September? Is that the hitter that he is? They'll say, ah, whatever. Nobody can really hit in Seattle anyway, but we know we're getting that defense. And it's a big – that's a huge upgrade for the Mariners. It would, turn, it would turn the narrative that the Mariners have had this entire offseason around. I just don't see it based on what we're seeing – at 18 a year? No, they, why would, they would have just would have kept Suarez, who they already had. Why would they? Yeah, it, but this—it's not. No, no, no. 
He's going to play I, much better defense. There is a clear-cut plan right now with the Mariners. Okay, yeah, ready? yeah, exactly. Emphasis okay. on cut. Thank you. Their ownership is one of those groups that looks over to Tampa Bay and says, why not us? They can do that. Why can't we? We've now become a little bit of a pitching machine, pitching farm. They're growing on trees, great arms, right? We can use some of those assets and turn them into bats. They are definitely thinking that way. That is a fact. Sure, their payroll's not as low as Tampa Bay, but it's actually pretty close. I mean, until Glasnow's traded, remember Ken said they're in like the 125-ish range for their payroll right now? I think that's like about where Seattle's at. Seattle got themselves down to the low 100s. So they are trying to mimic the Rays. They're trying to be the Rays of the Northwest, you know? Because I guess no one goes to their games. But I just don't see it, Kratz. I don't see them making that big free agent splash. I think that they're looking to make a trade that acquires them bats that don't cost as much and they have to sacrifice assets in return. Even if the value goes down, you still don't think so? I guess, sure, there's a number the that eventually not makes fall sense. That far, though. It won't. Yeah, there's too yeah. much pressure still on teams. Like, yeah, the Cubs, the Giants, these teams. Okay, San Francisco made the Lee acquisition, but... Trust me, fans are not going to be satisfied with just that. Even if they add a pitcher, they're still not satisfied with just that. I think the Giants are still seeking at least one more bat, at least one more pitcher. And sure, maybe that's Bellinger. But if it doesn't end up being Bellinger, Chapman could be a fit there. And yeah, Chicago, it's definitely a fit there. Those teams, those two, for example, and there might be one or two others, including Toronto, could think about bringing him back. I mean, they've seen him. They really like him. They need to do something. All of those teams, here's the point. All of those teams will outbid or should outbid Seattle. Seattle is only getting a player like that in my mind, unless they prove me wrong. They're only getting a player like that. If his value falls off a cliff, I just don't see that. I mean, I think he's getting you know, six years mid hundo, you know, $150 million, something like that. I originally put down 175 over six years for him. Seattle is not paying that. No, I don't have, see, I just don't have that, that value that high. So, yeah, well, that sounds like uh, the Red Sox saying that to Seth Lugo and he gave them the finger and signed with the Royals for three years, 45 million. <laughs> that right. works. It, you can't you can't think that way in free agency. That's the one thing that I think teams have a problem with sometimes is you can value a player a certain way. Right. In a trade, it's easier to do. This is how I value this player. This is what I think return wise makes sense. And maybe the other side sees him the same way. Because a lot of them have pretty similar back-end analytics on their player evaluation. That's why you get a lot of the same free agent offers. But in free agency, if you do that every time, you're usually going to finish in second, third, or fourth. You usually have to go above what you, quote, value him at. Otherwise, you're not going to get the player. Especially this year when there's barely any position players available. Right? Here's a, here's a question. Who plays third base for the Nationals? It was Gmar. I'm not sure who. They're always a sneaky team to me because they feel like I guarantee you they're on the way up. And remember, they did the Jason Worth thing before they won the World Series. That's and doesn't Chapman? Does Chapman have Boris? Does he still have? Didn't he have Boris? No, he might. I yeah, I don't know. Boris always Boris. has that little back door to, to to the Nationals where he would like slide around the Rizzo and get you know. So I mean, I don't know. That that's a team. I feel like, watch out, they're going to sign somebody like they did the Jason Worth contract to kind of get the ball rolling in the positive direction again. I like that. 
I mean, that's a guy you can build around in the clubhouse as well, right? Yeah, he's young enough, right? He's young enough. He's consistent enough. He shows up, plays every day, yeah. gives you solid third base. They already have Abrams at short, right? Uh, Kiebert Ruiz behind the plate. I mean, that's that just – just. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that would be a team, like a surprise team that would make a move like that. I like it. The wheel's back. Also, I know the chat's buzzing and sometimes having some side combos, but if you have any thoughts on where we're going, I know I got many questions about this young man over the last few days. So where is Blake Snell ending up? Whoever has a bigger smile. Wow, look at the reactions here. This is why we do a show that is on video, not just audio. AJ is shaking his head. Kratz is grinning like he won the lottery. Who wants to go first? I have no idea. I'll go first. I have no fucking idea where he's going to end up. I, I really have no idea. I, I have no, I would have said Seattle before, but they're mm-hmm. not spending money. Maybe the Dodgers, if they miss Yamamoto, but they've seen his skit the last couple of years in San Diego. And you know, the, ah, man, I, I don't, I, I just don't know. I, I just, I real Dodger or giants. Maybe if they miss you, gosh, it's just like, I, I don't know because his career is such up and down and, and just, you know, the Cy Young's and then he's then he's a you know a slightly above average pitcher when he doesn't win a Cy Young. So which one are you gonna get? It's he's an interesting case study on what happens as free agency. It's ironic that our highlight that we're showing right now is Snell in San Francisco. I think it's the last start of the year, just not throwing strikes and everybody was swinging at it. I feel like I feel like they don't get Yamamoto. San Francisco is the place to be. I agree with what you originally said because I heard him say it. He go, he told me when he, when we were locker mates together, he said, dude, bro, I would love to go to Seattle. That would be awesome. He said, I couldn't be at a team that's farther from where I want to be when we were down in Tampa. And I, I that's not going to happen. We clearly – Squashed that fire when I talked about Chapman going there. The Giants, I really feel like because of the Phillies, I thought the Phillies had a shot because, but then when Nola signed, I think, you know, my original idea there was if they don't extend Wheeler, they have to try to find somebody and they got to look at next year's free agent class and this year's free or, and to see if they can extend Wheeler before because if you don't have anybody that you really like in next year's class, this might be your opportunity to get him a year early from where you need him. But front runner for me is the Giants. And AJ, he's going to do fine because no, he's going to be. You know, everyone team, wants Yamamoto, and then they're going to go down the line to him. Someone in the chat did have a Angels. We haven't talked about the Angels, and Artie's been known to not bust out and just sign random people out of nowhere. But he doesn't like starters. That's been his yeah. thing. That oh. that's what I got. Chapman can't go there because they have Rendon. Although Rendon has a bruised shin, so maybe Chapman can play for Rendon. You could pay two. You could pay two third basemen like six hundred million. That's true. <laughs> that's oh, you're talking about Chapman to the to the Angels. Yeah. The Angels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought you meant Snell. Snell's Snell starts, and with the Giants, I'm not saying that Snell is an opener, but they sit there and they love. They love the analytic things of five and dive, baby. They love that yeah, five and dive, like, except for Logan Webb. Give, give me what you got. Yep. 
Max effort, swing and miss. I think I think Blake Snell's more than that. But if you're taking what he did last year, that would shoot. That would be that would that would fit right into their to their scheme, their game plan. Armin said, "Does Snell take a short term no. AAV or deal with high AV? No, no chance. Why would you? This is your time to shine, guaranteed. You, could, you couldn't have better platform year. Yeah, exactly. Winning a Cy Young." You're They're waiting for Yamamoto to sign as Boris, and then he's going to say he should get more because he's better. I've already heard him talk about it. Obviously, it's, he's not going to get the same amount, but he's going to get a lot. And there are going to be desperate teams that are like, yo, we need to sign him. And hey, he won the Cy Young this past year. He's he's still young. Like He could be a changed man. could dominate from here on out. We just don't know. It's, it's much more of a wild card, but there will be teams that take a risk. Giants took a risk on a player coming from Korea just now that we've never seen in the big leagues, paying him over a hundo. So on that front, Cody Bellinger. I mean, if the Cubs don't re-sign him, the Giants make the most sense for sure. Is this just the Cubs Giants wheel of free agents? Well, they're the two teams that have the money and they need players. They need yeah. they need impact players. I mean, I remember talking to David Ross last year, asking him, you know, what's going on with your team? And he would say, We don't have that big bat. Well, guess what? They don't have the big bat even less now because Bellinger was the one that they could count on. So where's that big bat for the Cubs? Christopher Morell? I mean, okay. But, I mean, Bellinger was the one guy last year they could count on. But, again, it goes back to what we talked about kind of with Snell and the Giants and, 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 and you know, Soto having to be traded to the Yankees because the fan base is clamoring. Well, these two fan bases are clamoring for something to happen. The Cubs haven't done anything this offseason. And then the Giants, who just signed Lee, but is that enough to calm their fans down? I don't think so. So Cody Bellinger would look good out there in the outfield running around. And then plus you get to play against his old team, the Dodgers, a bunch of times, and as Lance, you know, or as Rowdy talked about, kind of shove it up their butts, just show them what they're missing. I have no idea who he's going to sign with, but I have a feeling it might not be till February. I ju- he just feels like a guy that everybody's going to sign because he's valuing, Boris is valuing what he did in the offseason, and just they're going to live out exactly what Scott's been saying for a while since the trade deadline. There's no offense out there to be had. Now they're going to value the fact that, you know, did Cody Bellinger have a – is he basically Blake Snell on the position player side? Like, he's had some flashes of brilliance, but to me, Blake Snell's been more consistent in his off years, and Cody's been way down, way up, way down. And I think that his value because of the year that he had last year – and the adjustments he felt he made may not translate into the value that they want in free agency. So I'm not sure without being repetitive of which teams are going to get him. I just don't think it's going to happen till February. He could be a guy that, you know, they report on baseball's day of love, February 14th. He might be like a February 7th signing. People said blue Jays, people said angels, there's teams. No? What, what don't you like? Oh, I mean, teams, yeah. I, I think the Angels sense, would be in the running. We talked about with Shohei and the Blue Jays. They had like the unicorn budget, right, for Shohei. Are they going to want to put that money into Bellinger? Well, he doesn't cost as much. Yeah, but but Varsho, they said, is going to move to center, right? Yeah. Take advantage of him. So where would Bellinger fit? A corner. And he'd be great. And then when Varsho's not playing or if the Short. bat's not coming around, then you got him in center too. I mean, I think it's a good fit. He's even your backup option eventually if Vladdy leaves. No, I agree. Is. 
The issue is if you give him, let's say, I mean, I'm just going to go by my number. Let's say you give him 172, okay? Mm-hmm. It might be higher, might be lower. This is just what I'm going by. How much of that 172 takes away from re-signing looks like Bo Bichette to bring back? Because you're talking about like cornerstone guys of your organization. And I don't know that Cody, somebody from the outside for the Blue Jays, is a cornerstone guy. Bo Bichette is. Bo Bichette, whether he's a $250 to $300 million player, does it take away if you give him 100, if you give Cody $172 million? Well, let me ask you guys a question. Why isn't he signed already? Someone like Bo. Bo's the guy you're deciding you want to sign long term. Why haven't you had a million conversations already? In my mind, maybe, maybe there have been some. Maybe he wants to go somewhere else. Maybe he wants to test out the free agent market. In that case, I think you have the right to sign another player and assume that the current one doesn't want to necessarily come back or you at least push it to later on. Why, why would well, you have the conversation already if, if you've they've had money is sorted out no doubt they've had it why, okay why haven't, so it hasn't why, haven't, why haven't the orioles signed adley rushman why haven't they well, signed... we know that we but know i'm just saying it's kind of the same thing guys. it takes two right to now. tango maybe maybe boba shed says all right the offer isn't high enough and then that we means... say okay well we've got a certain budget allocated and we're going to take advantage of having two players who should be in their prime right now for two more years we're going to add on because we needed offense our offense was not good enough last year in the american league east we're going to bring a player who has high upside based on what we've seen in the past. And that includes last season, even if there is risk, there's risk to almost anyone. So I don't think it's too far off. And I do think he is a fit for the angels for many reasons too. I think the angels would spend money on a player like that. Sure. You're not, you, you could put Cody Bellinger on that billboard, you know, next to yeah. trout, you know, and, and, and he's, so- Going to want to be in that area. I think L.A. was a good fit for him. You know, I think he enjoyed being out there. So I think it would be an easier sell for the Angels. Like, I think if, if money's close and the taxes are even worse in Canada, I mean, the Angels can potentially beat the Blue Jays to get someone like that. And you have to remember, Artie's into position players over giving big money to starters for the most part. So he still needs to sell fans on coming to see his business on a daily basis. Bellinger fits that. If he's the Cubs version of Bellinger last year, I could see that. Okay. One more. And I like this. Keep it going in the the, chat. I need the clicking. I need the clicking like the. Okay. Production staff taking notes for next time. You want the wheel. uh, What is it? Wheel of fortune action, right? Yeah. Just for price is right. Either one. Price is right. Yeah. Lucas Giolito. Hmm. Red. Oh man, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go Red Sox. I like that. They gotta do something, right? And there's another yeah. name on that wheel that's below Lucas Giolito that I think would be a better fit. But who? Uh, can we bring the wheel back up? Is it Jordan Montgomery? It was Jordan Montgomery? Yeah, but here's yeah. my thing. Can you make the case that the both. Red Sox need both, and they haven't yes. been spending as much lately, and they desperately need innings? Here's the thing with Lucas. Okay. He's had his ups and downs still has potential. There's a ceiling there. Right. And he's been very durable. He pitches every year. He's had some mixed results lately. And I think he was kind of the first one to mention to us when we were hanging out with him in Vegas recently that 
was not easy for him to bounce around as much last year. And also coming from Chicago, where clearly it was a dumpster fire of a season there with guys. It's not an excuse for not pitching well. But I mean, I would not be surprised if you told me that Lucas Giolito still had his some good years of of being on the mound still to come. And he's a big dude. He's got the build that you could see him throwing Hundo 80 innings together still for years to come. So I like that. Other fans going with Royals, Reds. But yeah, I mean, Boston should be outbidding teams on guys like this if they like them. I don't know that there's going to be a bidding war for Lucas Giolito. I think there's going to be just a, you know, a slow matriculating market. But what about this? What about a team down south that never spends money and they lost their top starter and yet they still made the playoffs last year? What if the Marlins dipped in and paid five years, 15 a year? No chance. No chance. The Marlins are the Mariners of South Florida now. They just, okay. which is the Rays of South Florida. They just brought Peter Bendix over. What do you think they're trying I, I, to I was, You know, I was going to say the Rays. Point. I was going to say the Rays because uh, he said they lost their top starter. Well, you know, McClanahan went down last year for Tampa. So I was like, oh, the Rays? They Every once in a while. And listen, every once in a while, the Rays will throw out, especially if they get rid of Glass now. They'll throw out, like, remember they tried, weren't they in on, like, Freddie Freeman? Weren't they in on, you know, they every once in a while they'll throw like a weird offer out at somebody and see if it sticks. You know, one of these guys, maybe, you know, one year deal to Giolito for a good amount of money and a prove it deal and see what happens. They're definitely in on some prove it deals. I mean, that's how, you know, they did the whole Charlie Morton thing. They offered DJ LeMayhew. They did offer Freddie Freeman on supposedly a very significant deal. Now, obviously, that's all second. That's secondhand. The other ones are firsthand knowledge that I know of those. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know that unless the, the way the Rays, if the Rays sign him, you would look at him and be like, "Whoa!" Like maybe they see something in that. Like, hey, you know, when that that one year, I forget what year that was, that he 2019, he really shortened it up and he really started using his changeup more. Maybe they see like, "Hey, you got away from this." You shorten that arm swing up because he was a he was a longer arm swing guy to a short arm, and then he just went whoop that super short arm swing, and that changeup was exploding out of his hand. Maybe they see something in in that way, but I don't see it being more than a a one or two year deal if they see some type of value in him like that. He's a young free agent too. I, I could see him signing for multiple years with an opt out. Let's slap. <laughs> Party peeps, Kratz hats, what do you got? I was hoping there'd be a trade today. My raise hat, raise up. The BP hat, it's actually one of the hats that I wear all the time when I want to sweat and hold the sweat in. So this hat smells horrific. <laughs> well, because the sweat is dark and it's a dark blue, yeah. so it doesn't really show. Is that the never shows? Skin? Never shows. Okay. I mean, you can wash them. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that mess it up? No. No? Good hats. Good hats wash really, really well. They fit better, I feel like, afterwards, too. We got a special tomorrow. Britt Giroli, super host, back. 
on FT Live, AJ, Todd Father, Ken Rosenthal, Russ Dorsey. Wait, what? Ryan Mountcastle, Nick Allen. Get your holiday shopping done early, AJ. You don't have to go anywhere. Hey, I'm on, I'm on. Hey. Shop, oh, that's right. You guys enjoy your vacation while the rest of us grind it out, okay? You guys, you two enjoy your vacation. We'll, we'll, we'll handle it from here. I'm Thank in you, love. AJ. Thank you. And, and at some love. point, we'll, we'll tally up who's the biggest grinder on FT, and we'll do the grinder rankings, okay? We play 162 hey. here. Well, you're filling in, dude. It's all you tomorrow. Can't wait for you to host. Good luck. <laughs> I can read. <laughs> hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.